Hey, my name is Gavin and I'm the producer of Off The Notepad. Today, I'm super excited to share a new episode with y'all and we've decided that we're going to start naming these segments. This first segment is called Millennium Soulmates, or at least that's the alternative title. I feel like I came up with a way better one. No shade, Victoria. <laughs> Either way, I hope you all enjoy this episode. And the best way you can support this podcast is by sharing it with friends, family, loved ones, really anyone who's willing to listen. Either way, I will see you all at the break. Bye. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Off the Notepad. I am Victoria D'Angelo. And I'm Halika Campbell. We are making great efforts in getting our writing all over all realities that exist yeah. and into the depths of the oceans and the depths of volcanoes. It's true. We just won a popularity poll with sharks. It's pretty amazing. We're looking into terraforming next. Terraforming? <laughs> yes, terraforming with our works. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that entails either, but my producers tell me it's pretty impressive. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. I have a character for you. Do you really? Yes. This time I'm I I I am choosing from the top of my list instead of cherry picking from somewhere in the middle or bottom. Oh, who is at the top of your list? The top of my list, which does not mean they're the best, it just means I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> is a runaway prince or princess. Ooh, okay. I'm just going to pick the prompt at the top. Ooh. So we're this both is, being spicy today. We're both being very spicy. Um so this is actually the technically this is a prompt based on one of the stories i'm working on yes. um so i'm very interested in seeing how this develops yes every 200 years two characters reincarnate and meet one another at a certain spot having fallen in love far before written word this year however the protagonist finds themselves at that spot alone oh. i <laughs> okay <laughs> So, let's talk about reincarnation really quick. Do they retain their memories? I would say yes, because okay. that's kind of how I'm working with it in the other story. Mine is more of a messy pirate-lesbian breakup. Beautiful. But this could be interpreted in so many other ways. Beautiful. So, they retain their memories, and we have this prince or princess. Mm -hmm. You can choose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have a preference. Could just go, what, non-binary? Call them a royal for now. A royal. Okay. So it's a royal who's run away. Maybe their parents have them engaged, want them to get married in the next three days. Mm -hmm. Right. But they're in love. They're in love already. They know who they love. So they run away, go to this place, and they're alone. And they're by themselves. What's interesting, too, is we can get into, like, the specifics of how this reincarnation works. Do they always reincarnate into, like, a similar form? Do they reincarnate into different forms every time, but they always know each other? So on and so forth. Because then I think that fits in with, like, this genderless protagonist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but perhaps this royal... Well, let's, let's take a step back. What really did happen? Why does the protagonist find themselves alone this year? Because I'm assuming this is, like, maybe the fifth or sixth time they've reincarnated. Sure. They've locked down a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe the love interest is was born into a life that they can't escape from. They're Ooh. not in a position to leave wherever they are. Okay. I like that. Because that's, you know, stuff gets in the way of true love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does our protagonist pick up on that? Or are they just heartbroken? I feel like they're heartbroken. I wonder if in, like, a desperate act, this royal tries to go to, like, all the important places that have been in their past. Like, maybe they really loved this garden or, or you know, something like that. Or this is their tree. They carved their initials into it once. Right. This they is go to first all the important places and then they give up. Oh, my God. So then we're following... We're following the royal as they're searching desperately. I feel like this takes place, like, maybe over a decade. Mm, Like, they're busy trying to, like, fight their parents. They're constantly on the move. And they're just, like, they're searching and searching and searching. And then after a decade, they're done. They go home and they get married. Oh, do they? Oh, I love that. They go home, they get married. They settle into this life. Yeah. Because maybe this is the last life they'll have. Oh, what if mind. that's what they think? Yeah. What if that's what they think? Because their their love interest isn't there, so why would they reincarnate again? Right. What? Ooh, is reincarnation a choice? <laughs> oh my god, I kind of like that, though. Because like, it brings a lot of meaning to that, I would search a thousand lifetimes to be with you again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but if you're not there, then I'm done. I'm yeah. done trying, and I will just live out the rest of this miserable existence without you. Yeah. Oh god. Okay, so they get married. They get married. They have kids, because that's what you do. <gasps> they have kids? That's what you do. Maybe maybe this is just my mind, but this is like traditional, arcane, the kind of time period you expect high fantasy to be in. And so, you know, you get married, you have kids on day one. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Well, it's just like you've settled into this life where you have to. So Royal is raising their children. Oh my god, you know what? I really want that moment. Um, I don't even know how to describe this. You know Phantom of the Opera, the musical? I know of it. Do you know of the sequel that exists to it? There is a sequel. Love Never Dies, yes. It's trash. But (laughs) there's this scene where Christine, the protagonist, is talking with her son Gustav. And Gustav is like... Gustav says some shit. I don't remember what. But Gustav is like, Mom, how do you know when you're in love? And Christine like starts singing the song. And she's like, love is dangerous because her heart has been broken and she's never recovered. Uh-huh. So I kind of want a parallel scene to that where it's like Royal is talking to one of their kids. And their kids are is like, you know, parent unit. When did you know that you loved insert spouse here? Mm-hmm. And like they have to concoct this dramatic story where they're like, well, when I met your other parent unit like they did this and that's how I knew I love them but they're so obviously lying because even though they're hurt they still love that person who like never came back for them I kind of want the the spouse to hear that oh and just know yeah like after the kids go to bed just be like I never did that oh what you said you loved about me yeah. That didn't happen. Or just, I don't remember that, but it's like, it's very clear that the spouse knows 100%. Yeah. Oh. 
I kind of like the idea of the spouse being like the spouse has always known that they're number two yeah. in the royal's heart, but I think they still love the royal. Yeah. Like, I think while it's an arranged marriage, like, the spouse is genuinely taken by this other person. Yeah. Because we have a love triangle, but one that hurts. <laughs> and everyone. that's what makes it good. It hurts everyone. <laughs> it's everyone. <laughs> okay, so we have family tension. Mm-hmm. But the kingdom is thriving. Mm-hmm. The kingdom is happy. I think there's a coup in another kingdom. Yeah. And I think love interest takes over. I'm so happy you brought love interest back. I was just thinking about just them. Thinking, yeah. I think that love interest becomes like a, an evil, quote unquote evil, um, something or another, an evil dictator, an evil king, whatever. And I think love interest is like, cool, now I have enough power to find my lover. <laughs> Like, having broken out of, like, the dungeons or whatever that they were born into, and they're like, now I have the means to reunite with my lover. I sure hope they aren't too mad at me for not being what I was supposed to. (laughs) And then Love Interest sends, you know, uh, a messenger to go (laughs) talk to the royal. Does Love Interest know that uh, they're a royal? Love interest knows who they are already. I think, I feel like word gets around, portraits go around. Yeah. So I feel like in some way or another, uh, love interest knows the royal's face. Gotcha. Which I think, you know what I think it is? I think it's like flyers for their marriage (gasps) that have gone around. And you know what? Actually, amending the whole thing, I think that's why love interest gets serious about breaking out really where it's like they've been struggling their entire life but as soon as that flyer just like floats into the rafters of their cell that's when they go i'm going to get violent i want love interest to be violent i want them to be mad oh yeah no they're angry oh my god they're so angry they're so angry victoria they're angry (laughs) are they angry they're really angry like (laughs) evil dictator like is not oh my god does not encapsulate the bodies they have like stood over like i need to get to you know what it is it's it's both like how dare royal walk away from me and how dare this kingdom keep me locked up so i can't do anything about it oh yeah and so this love interest has stepped over everyone killed everyone and said now I'm in power and you will listen to me and now war and now war yeah you know what because I want this really dramatic scene where love interest is like storming through the castle like the army is already at uh, the royal's gates Mm -hmm. they're pounding away love interest has already gotten in love interest has killed several people Mm -hmm. they're holding like a bloody weapon of some kind and they just like they oh my god they step up to the royal's throne and just like grab them by the face and just i have conquered everything in my way to get to you do you know what one of my favorite tropes is what is one of your favorite tropes is is king queen what have you takes over another kingdom sits on their throne and says i will be taking your prince princess as my prize oh yeah yeah (laughs) This is mine now. Oh my god. That trope of just um I would 
throw this entire world away if it meant I could have you. Mm-hmm. It's so selfish. It's so dark. It's so appealing. So good. So good for no reason. Now, now, what does love interest do about wife and kids? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think we have like a really, um, I at this moment, I don't know where the wife and kids are right now. Because mm-hmm. um, I just imagine like this empty hall. And right, right now no, love yeah, interest yeah, yeah, is like yeah, yeah. holding the royal by the face. They kiss or something. Like it's a really yes. emotional moment. Oh my God, such a violent kiss, please. Oh, it's so violent. And it's, oh my God. There's so much passion in it that royal just forgets everything, forgets where they are. And then, and then I think love interest like head guards just storm in as well. And are just like holding maybe wife and kids captive. Yes. Like we found yes. them hiding in the bedrooms. Yes. And without even looking, without even looking, love interest is just kill them. <gasps> yes. Get rid of them. And like still making eye contact with Royal, like face still tightly wrapped. Yes. Like, oh my God. And then Royal starts freaking out. Like, no, that's my family. Like that, you can't do that. Love interest, I'm your family. You don't need them. So this is our, this is some kind of climax. God. They gotta have a. F- I realize this is such a climax, and I'm like, <laughs> no, let's add more. A- now they're fighting. They're arguing. Oh yeah, Royal pulls themselves out of this grip. Like you can't do that. Like that's those are people. Like those are my kids. What? What? Yeah. Like you can't. I hmm. want. I want significant other. What did we call them? Love interest. To say like to say that like, uh, I'm your family. They're not your family. And I want Royal to be like, then where were you? Oh yeah. You abandoned me. You didn't you didn't come when I left for you. Yeah. I left everything behind. I waited so many years. I looked for you. I looked for you and you never you never once came back. Yeah. No letters, no nothing. God, can we have Royal go to their meeting place every day for ten years? Absolutely. Oh yeah, they've been doing it. Oh, for sure. Like day and night. They do it twice a day. Because if they miss a single moment, because you know what, I think maybe in the 10 years, that's how they came to meet the spouse. Because mm. I think spouse saw them waiting there. And spouse is like, oh, it's so romantic. I'll come hang out with you in this garden. I kind of love that. It's really great. So they're fighting. I think love interest gets pissed. Love interest has been through so much shit. Oh, yeah. Love interest comments on it. While you've been sitting away in this castle, I've been starving to death in a dungeon. Yep. yep. You have no idea what I've been through. They don't know each other anymore. No, no. They were soulmates. Now they're not. <laughs> what do we do? They have such chemistry, but they hate each other. They hate each other. Lovers to enemies. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We found the trope. We found the trope. That's true. But unfortunately, my favorite trope is still lovers to enemies to lovers. Oh, okay. It's the worst. (laughs) But, like, on a completely, like, other note, how do we resolve this situation? Yeah, I don't know how to end that scene. Like, because significant other love interest has all the power here. But they don't have the one thing they came here for. Yeah. Ronald's heart. Yeah. They're pissed. I think they leave. I think they just, like, snap their fingers. They're like, fine, like, drop the wife and children. 
And I think on their way out, they just say very coldly, prepare yourself for war. Are they not already at war? I think they're not quite there. I think this is more like an assault on the capital. And I think love interest is like, clearly you need some time to get your shit together. Because when I come back, Uh you are leaving with me. Interesting. What if this first encounter was less like an assault on the capital and like, hi, I'm a visiting royal. Oh, could be. Okay. But it's still very, okay. And it's kind of like, kind of shrouded. I like the idea of royal not knowing what's going on until it happens. Oh, like maybe yeah. he's sitting in, are we in a throne room? Maybe he's sitting in his throne room being like, oh, the royal of such and such kingdom is coming to visit and I'm waiting for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So it's happening on his territory? Yeah. That'd be kind of interesting too. There's just so many instances where we can have this reunion. Yeah. Because I also like if they're in Royal's castle, what if uh, love interest like sneaks in through a window? Oh. <laughs> and is like very dramatically like, I've been looking for you for so long and now I'm here. And Royal's like, Mwah. and they have like a, a lover's spat and then a child walks in. Oh, God. No, I still love the idea of like the guards being with there with uh, love interest. That's why I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's an official royal's visit. It's an official, because yeah. a royal would never show up to another castle without bodyguards. That is true. Yeah. Okay. I think either throne room is really good for it. Yeah. Because if royal's coming, then maybe because royal has no idea who this dictator is. Oh yeah. Royal's just like strong advocate for not killing people. So it's like we hit this point royal shows up where i was like you can't do this and love interest is just so taken by like you're so beautiful like i oh. i've missed you yeah and prim's like what the fuck you gotta stop <laughs> like stop killing people but either way we end in war we're going to war yo yeah oh yes so then we have a good section of the book that's about war i'm going to assume this is the kind of high fantasy world where our leading parties are like no i want to be on the front lines because it's more dramatic yeah so love interest i don't think spouse is there like spouse shouldn't be there right no no i didn't think so so love interest and royal are leading their armies they're clashing it's dramatic uh maybe we've had a b plot with like the captains really quick i actually think we're I know we just said, like, spouse isn't there, but I feel like we're not humanizing the spouse. Not at all. I do imagine them to be, like, a quiet, meek character. Yeah. Because I think before Royal goes to war, they have a scene where spouse is, like, so very honestly, like, I don't want you to leave. Yeah. And it's the most emotion we get from spouse. And Royal's just like, I have to. And, like, if you're worried I'm going to die, like, don't even, it's fine. And spouse is like, I'm worried you're going to leave with your love interest. Mm. I saw the way, like, they looked at you. And I know what that means. I saw that kiss. <laughs> I saw that kiss. It was really awkward. Our children were right there. You never kissed me like that. <laughs> Maybe that's something that comes up. Like, I, I saw that you've never once looked at me like that in our lifetime. Yep. Yep. And it's like, I know they call to you, but what they've done is unforgivable. Yep. Yeah, I like that better. Because I always think, like, in these high fantasy worlds, when some big important person goes off to fight on the front lines, their spouse is, like, you know, in the fucking healing tent. 
Like, yeah, which is, that's what happens. Yeah, the spouse is nowhere near because okay. someone has to look after the children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're rich. They're yeah. <laughs> someone has to mind the castle, essentially. Okay. Um, is is a royal a royal in charge by this point? I assume so. Okay, okay. Because I think that's why like king and queen were so you need to get married so that we can retire mm. or whatever king and queen does so we after. can die so we can die. Um. But we have our, our love interest and our royal are on the front lines. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they fight. Mm-hmm. They have to fight. Who, who, I want to say almost wins because they can, can they kill each other? Is that physically possible? I think they can. Oh. Because I really like this scene of uh, they're fighting and it's very evenly matched until the second it's not. And all of a sudden it looks like love interest is about to get like that final blow in. But the longer they look at their lover, like they just can't do it. They can't mm. do it. And in that moment, Royal takes it. And I imagine it's like, it's more of a short stab in the side and love interests like that body just collapses on top of Royal. Mm-hmm. And it's like their final whispers. I, I'll see you in the next lifetime. Yeah. Yep. 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 And then the war ends. Because the war has to end. Yeah. I want... I'm so okay with, like, love interest dying and being like, I'll see you in the next life. And I want Royal to promise the same, but I want Royal to live out the rest of their life. Yeah. Like, honor their marriage. Yeah. With spouse. I agree. I think that's how it has to end. Because before we'd reached that point, a small part of me was like, oh, let's get a really icky Romeo and Juliet. We're both going to die. Yeah. But it's so much more interesting if Royal comes home and like that week that they return, spouse is like, I don't know if spouse has picked up on the reincarnated lovers. Oh, yeah. But they know that something's different. Mm -hmm. So spouse is like, in a sense, almost waiting for Royal to commit suicide. Like, just Mm. you are without your second half and I'm not expecting you to stay to stay Mm -hmm. because then we can have a very dramatic moonlight conversation where Royal's like, I'm staying for you. I want to honor what we have. Yeah. And that could be the story. That's really cute. Oh my God. What a ride that one was. I love reincarnated lovers. They're so much fun to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, we got another happy ending in. I know, look at us go. (laughs) (laughs) So proud of us. Yeah. Our last episode was not so happy. Uh, It's fine. Look, we came back. (laughs) And hopefully we'll do it again in the next segment. Yep. See you soon. Bye. And welcome to the break. I hope you all enjoyed that first segment as much as I have. Up next, we have an interesting segment following a young man who finds themselves in a world where they are inherently magical, but the world isn't. See how Halika and Victoria deal with this character and prompt in the next segment. See you all in the next episode. Let it be known that Gavin spanks Pikachu. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever wondered what Gavin is doing when he's recording his own little interludes, 
Just know that so do we. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable with the energy we've created. Just don't wonder too hard. Yes, some answers are worse than your imagination. This bit goes out to all of the uh, Gavin justice warriors. Yes, if you think Gavin deserves rights, really, really think about that. Just think about how Pikachu feels. Yes. Do you hate Pikachu? So I've got a protagonist for you. Awesome. <laughs> I figured, okay. You know I'm a terrible person and I love Hallmark movies. <laughs> it's like on my list of character flaws that's actually at the very top. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, but I thought we might have fun with this one. It's the failing small business owner. Oh. Yes, the stubborn yet endearing local business owner. This character is typically punished for their drive, whether it is lacking or too strong. We get to decide. Their success resides in trusting someone else to help them when they need it most. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to... Ooh, this is going to make for an interesting world. Okay. So... In a world where magic can only be accessed through conduits and only after extensive years of study, this character has been born with magic and has been able to use it since birth. Magic shop owner. 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 They own a magic shop. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like weirdly good at all of his merchandise and no one can understand why. Oh. I think it's actually shitty merchandise. Yeah. I think he's accidentally taking some of the magic out with his own magic. Like oh. it's drawn to itself. Oh. Because that's why the business is failing. Okay. So it's like, I think some of these objects are too powerful because mm -hmm. he imbues them with his own. And I think some of them just straight up don't work. Oh. So it, it varies. Inconsistencies. Yes. But I do love this like lanky 20 something year old guy. Yeah. He's like, his life is going nowhere fast. Mm -hmm. I want him to be an orphan for no reason. I think it's funny. He's had to do everything by himself. Okay, okay. So we've already strayed so far from the Hallmark cliche. <laughs> I think that's good for us. I think that's good for you. It's true. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll be rehabilitated. <laughs> oh, Hallmark, not even once. <laughs> bad jokes so what are we doing with this plot this character is born with magic uh his magic makes his business suck but he is he has magic yeah that's pretty amazing yeah and he's the only like he's the only person in this world born with it mm -hmm. i wonder what kind of complex that gives him because you have a couple of options right either he thinks he's better than everybody because he is. He's a fuck he was a two year old who could make things fly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other hand, he was a complete outcast and everyone hated him, so he shutted the magic down for his entire life. I wanna go with the latter. Because I kind of want him to be a bit of a nervous wreck. Mm hmm Like he's constantly suppressing this magic. I think he just recently moved to this area. Oh, okay. And he's like setting up his shop here and he's like, okay. This time, we're not going to let the people know that I have magic and I'm going to make friends. Mm -hmm. But he's not good at making friends. I love 
that for his character. Like, I'm not going to let people know that I have magic, even though he's reached an age where it would make sense. Oh, to just, like, shoot it off? Like, not do anything, like, powerful, which I'm sure he's capable of. Like, I imagine this man can raise a building off of the ground. I don't think a regular 20-year-old could do that, but I feel like someone who's been studying magic for their entire life could reach 20 and be able to hold fire in the palm of their hands, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's capable of doing things, but I think he's so nervous because of how he was treated as a child. Like, it has to be, I can hold the fire, but only in secret. Mm -hmm. Only I get to feel the delight of this. Mm -hmm. Because then, I think we have our secondary lead, who's someone who loves magic. Ooh, yes. And they're constantly studying. They're a dork. Yes. We have a dork for a secondary lead. They're a nerd. They have they know all of the little minuscule details and they're so excited by all of it. Oh, they're so obsessed. They love like the really um volatile objects that our protagonist has like lying around. Mm-hmm. Like I think they come into the shop, they have their conversation, their introductory conversation. Uh, secondary lead just grabs something, it explodes Ooh. in their hand. And protagonist is like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And then secondary lead just goes into the mechanics of why that happened. That was so amazing. Like, that's incredible. I've never seen like this substance react this way. And they just like won't shut up about it, but they clearly have a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so good. My ears are ringing, but it was beautiful. I was like, what was that? I can't really hear you, but I can hear the buzzing. <laughs> like it's. They're almost like kind of airheaded in that sense where it's like they don't they don't fully understand like, oh, I've been hurt. It's just I've been touched by magic. <laughs> it's like airheaded in an endearing way, though. Yeah, no, for sure. I think they're a very lovable character. Is it a love interest? It could be. Mm. It could be. We'll see how that develops. Okay. We'll see how that goes. This is how actual writing works. <laughs> is this a love interest? I don't know yet. Let's throw them in a room together, write a scene, and find out. And Because you know what? I do think these two have chemistry yeah. off the bat. Because it's like, I'm just going to accept you as you are because I love everything about you. And protagonist is like, I literally hate myself. <laughs> I've never hated anyone more. <laughs> so we have, okay, Nervous Wreck protagonist meets Chipper secondary lead. Mm-hmm. I think secondary lead is working on something. They want to build a big magic device. Oh, God. They want to build the biggest magic device. Is this, like... I imagine them as, like, a magic student, you know? Oh, Like, my they God. go to a magic school, and the magic school's so done with them because they just keep doing things. Oh, yeah. They're notorious, but they have, like, one professor who just loves them. Yeah. And just, like... You know what? I think... Um, they have like similar backgrounds. Not that they're both orphans, but I think secondary lead's parents are particularly negligent. Mm. So secondary lead has also had to work for everything their entire life. Yeah. So I think um, this professor probably just saw them and was like, well, you look like you should have a chance. Why mm-hmm. not come to my school? And I think they've been there ever since. That's so cute. I like, I don't know how I want this professor because there's like, I am the parent that you never had and I love you so much, like, child. And then there's, like, you have so much potential, I'll put up with your bullshit because I love you. (laughs) I do kind of put up with your bullshit. (laughs) I think that's really great. Because I also, I think the conflict of this could be um, 
secondary lead is like, I'm working on the biggest magical device that's ever existed. Mm -hmm. And I want you to work on it with me. Because clearly you have an affinity for these devices. Mm -hmm. And protagonist is like, no one has ever spoken to me with such kind words. (laughs) So they start working together. Maybe they do kind of fall in love, but they have some falling out over the device. Like at the last minute, uh, protagonist is reminded like, oh, that's right. People hate me because I have magic. Maybe someone at the school, like a really stick up their ass professor. Oh, yeah. Like catches them. Like I want I kind of want um, I want our protagonist to not do things right. Oh, yeah. You know, Mm-mm. because they've never had official magic training. They just have magic. They don't need the training like they just yeah, do yeah. whatever feels right. And generally professors of magic would be like, but you're doing it wrong. Well, especially in a world that's all devices and conduits. Yeah. yeah. Like it's there's a specific level that you have to put into every device to make it work. Yeah. So you can't you can't just do what feels right. Objects don't feel. Yeah. No, it makes sense. So I think, yeah, protagonist gets reprimanded and I think he just feels like garbage. So he tells secondary lead like I can't I can't work on this with you anymore. Yeah. And secondary lead is like, why? <laughs> You're crushing my dream. Protagonist is like, I can't. I have to protect my own ego. They have a fight. I want it to be like, I don't need him to say this, but I want him to feel it. I want him to be like, oh, if I work on this project with you, then no one's going to take it seriously. Oh you're, my God. you're never going to get anywhere in life by associating with me. Right. Because they'll hate me. They won't see how much you're worth. Yep. Oh, my God. But they can't say that. They can't say that. (laughs) They love each other. Oh, God. God damn it. They're in love. (laughs) It's just, oh, my God. Because then I really want a scene where it's our protagonist who's, like, skipping stones on a lake. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, magic kind of just, like, jumping off the stone. He's, like, pissed at himself. He's, like, stop that. (laughs) Um, And then our professor shows up. And Professor's like, heard you canceled that big thing I was kind of rooting for. A little weird, don't you think? And they have a heart-to-heart conversation where protagonist is just like, I have to protect secondary lead yeah. from myself. Yep. And Professor's like, claps hand on shoulder, leans in close and goes, that's dumb. Yes! <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> the dumbest thing i ever heard yeah, like what are you talking about like you can't you can't be blamed for just existing protect her from what she's crying in my office as I speak. <laughs> like literally you breathing is not what's hurting like her it's you existing <laughs> like come on <laughs> um so then, I don't know if they make up as easily. I don't think they can. It's a narrative. They can't. Obviously. I think uh, while protagonist and professor are away, I think our secondary lead is like still desperately trying to work on this device. And then it gets confiscated <gasps> by stick-up-ass professor. No. Yeah, stick-up-ass professor is like, that's too dangerous. There's something wrong with this because protagonist worked on it. Yeah. Like, it's tainted. It's tainted by raw magic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And secondary is like, no, it's my life's work. And stick a best professor is like, you're only 20. You're fine. Mm. <laughs> You'll have another life, I guess. Oh. 
So is this the part where protagonist has to do a heist to get it back? Yes, protagonist and secondary lead have to do a heist. It becomes a heist mission. Oh, they do a heist together. They have to do a heist together. Okay. Because they have to regain the trust that they broke. And it's romantic because it's a heist. (laughs) I kind of want so... I don't know how this works with the pacing of the story, but you have good professor and protagonist talking, and maybe this is a little bit after the big climactic fight where protagonist walks out on the deal, and then the the technology gets taken away from secondary protagonist, and she runs out to try and find good professor and tell them what happened, and then protagonist is there. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, because she runs out and she's like, yep. Yep. Hyperventilating, like trying to explain this professor and keeps looking at Protagonist like, get out. <laughs> like, I hate you. This is your fault because you left. If you were there, then we could have like fought stick up ass professor. Protagonist is like, you can't throw hands with everyone. <laughs> That's weird. No, I love that. And Professor's like, I guess you two are just going to have to, I don't know, work together. <laughs> I love Professor just be- playing matchmaker. I guess you guys have to go get it back together. Yeah, or Wait. even like Professor saying, I'll go distract stick up ass Professor. You guys get the device back. Mm. But like, obviously, Professor can't say that. So it's like, in no specific terms. <laughs> Interesting. I feel like I need to have a talk with the stick up ass Professor right now for no apparent reason. And I might just have to talk to him for like two hours. Yeah, two hours. I think perhaps three hours at the max. Mm hmm. Surely, if someone broke into Stick Up Ass Professor's office, gosh, while we that would were be out, terrible. Goodness, it would just be disastrous. But of course, you know. Also, he keeps his candy in this drawer. Uh, yeah, just like, and if his files on the project happen to mm, find their way into my desk, well, who's to say how they got there? Mm-hmm. Like, go, Professor. Like, Fuck oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Honestly, if this were like a big time novel, the Professor would be a fan favorite. Yeah, yeah. There would be, like, so much sexy fan art. Nope. <laughs> you know, you know there would be fan art of good professor and stick-a-bass professor. Oh, yeah. Too many too many fanfics where it's like, well, what was that conversation they had? It's like... <laughs> I've started this new trend with Gavin whenever we're watching a show and two characters, like, they say a line or they get a little too close to each other. And I say, if this was a fanfiction... That this is the part where they would leave. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Okay, how does the story end? I imagine they get the device. Mm-hmm. It's clunky, but it works. They make it work. It does something really spectacular. And then I want, I kind of want good professor and stick up ass professor and maybe like headmaster to walk into the room and as see it work. And it's beautiful. There's a. This is going to sound awful. I agree. It's a beautiful scene. There's a scene that's exactly like that in mm-hmm. the, the fucking League of Legends TV show. <laughs> like, head counselor and the other two professors walk in as the machine shoots stars around the room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we mean by nothing is original anymore. Nothing is original. But it would still work because it would work very differently. You wouldn't have to deal with copyright issues. Yeah. Oh my god. 
Okay, but essentially, machine works. Our professors walk in, they see it working. Stick up ass professor can't deny it anymore. Stick up ass professor has to be like, okay, fine. I guess Magic Boy being in on it didn't make it suck. Yeah, because I feel like stick up ass professor is like genuinely passionate about magic, right? Yeah. Like he loves it. That's why he has a stick up his ass. Right. So it's like he's so in awe of this. Like yeah. I can't believe this worked. Yeah. Perhaps we should broaden our horizons. Mm hmm. Okay, so they come to this conclusion. I feel like we have a celebration. What is our final scene? What does that look like? I almost want it to be like, okay, this project is over. Protagonist says, well, I don't really have any more reason to be at this school anymore, so I guess I'll just go back to my shop. And so you have this scene of protagonists in their shop alone, and secondary protagonist walks in. Says, oh, this place is so cute. This is nice. I love that. Oh, pretending like they're walking in for the first time. Yeah. Oh my god. And maybe just like very casually laying out new blueprints on the counter. <laughs> I've been working on this new project. Do you have any items that could help me? It's like wondering if you were interested in perhaps helping me build the second prototype. Oh. That's so cute! We yep. did get another happy ending! Yes! Oh my god. We're getting better! We're getting better. <laughs> Not everything has to be cursed. Not Some things can just be happy. Yep. Yeah. Happiness does exist. It's true. It's wow. just hard to find. It is. Especially when you're a dark and jaded person for whatever reason. Like a college student. Like a college student in debt. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you have any rewrites, prompts you want us to try, or just love letters you'd like to send us, send those to offthenotepad at gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram that you already follow. Off the notepad. I stuttered there. I really thought I said on the notepad and then I stopped halfway. <laughs> no, on the notepad is our evil twin podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.